Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And thanks for listening. I'm Anjal Deer, the founder of Career Connect, and welcome to the One Connection podcast, where I chat with our career coaches and industry experts on their professional backgrounds, their opinions on trending career topics, and their insider tips to succeed. It could be one conversation, one career coach, one meeting, or one connection that could impact your life. Take that leap of faith. All it could take is one. Listeners, thanks for sitting down with me on another coffee chat right here on the One Connection podcast. I'm your host, Anshul Deer, and joining me for our second podcast, 2023, is founder of College Shortcuts, Neha Gupta. College Shortcuts is the world leader of online digital video e-courses to help students get into their number one choice. As CEO, Neha manages an entire team of talented individuals that help to mentor students in four main areas, academic coaching, test prep, mentorship, and college consulting. She has spoken on TEDx stages and has been interviewed on NBC, ABC, CBS, and more. She has helped thousands of students find their passion and know how to package themselves and make their dreams come true. Thank you so much, Neha, for being a part of this conversation today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. We're so excited to have you be part of our second episode of the brand new year. And so I want to jump right in and ask you to share about your professional journey, how you got to where you are today. How did you build your career? Absolutely. So I'd say that, you know, when it comes to my career, it, it, (laughs) I think like most people, um, you know, is never a straight path. Um, When I was a teenager, I had an opportunity to tutor young underprivileged students um, across the high school that I was at. Um, And I would teach the kids dance, math, and writing. And I learned at a very young age that I was very good with children. um, And I had a lot of fun doing it. 
And I was actually one of the top hip hop dancers at my high school. And so there was a group of kids that had asked for tutoring uh, in dance um, and they were looking for uh, someone to help them win their talent show. And so I was referred um, by my dance teacher to this family. Um, And that's where really it all started. It started connecting with these three little girls that were dancing to Destiny's Child, not to date myself. Um, And they won their talent show. And no joke, I think it was about 10 or 12 years later, um, the same student came back to get help with me for college applications. So I've been doing this for over, over at least 15 years, really probably closer to 18 years at this point of tutoring and working with students one-on-one. So I say that it really started as my passion in high school, but I have a lot of people say to me that, you know, tutoring is not a profession or, you know, going into people's homes is not respectful type of work, or you're just, you know, like a babysitter. And so I had a lot of naysayers tell me that, you know, you don't want to be treated like the help in someone's house. And, And it was really hard at a young age when you hear those things. Um, I think all of those people are probably turning their faces now, realizing that their comments uh, were not supportive. And they now realize that actually it is a very um, it's it's a very powerful field. You're changing kids lives and you're making a difference, um, whether it's tutoring college applications um, or even mentoring these kids, which they need more than ever. So I had a lot of people tell me that, you know, this isn't great. You should go do, you know, banking and other things. And I had an internship at Goldman Sachs. I had done finance um, and economics at Rice University. So I was following the path that was required. And yet at the same time, I started still hiring tutors to do tutoring. And I was still doing tutoring on the side. Um, I kept trying over and over to follow the corporate path, only to find that I was very unhappy. Um, And it just felt like all this joy was getting sucked out of me. And so eventually when I got to the point where I knew that I could financially make as much as I was sitting at a desk, that was exactly the day that I quit my corporate job. And I went full time into doing what I do today. Um, And I'm so glad that I was smart about making that jump and not doing it too soon. Um, So that I wasn't making decisions just from a scarcity financial place, that I was making decisions from a place of abundance and knowing that, you know, we are already getting traction and we were succeeding. That's an amazing story, Ning, and it really helps us understand like how we face a lot of pushback early on in the stages. You know, when we're in the corporate world, it's like, why do you? You're so secure. You're, you're. It's perfect role for you, but why are you trying to go off and take this leap of faith? But the leap of faith is essential. And so, for the people out there who are wanting to get into entrepreneurship, who are looking to start their own business, haven't taken that leap of faith yet, um, what other tips and tricks do you have for them to help guide them through that process? Because because, you know, entrepreneurship is not textbook, although they teach it in school. Um, I think that entrepreneurs are the ones who can clearly share their stories and help us understand from their experiences how best, you know, the next generation, the next company can be started. So from your experience, what recommendations do you have for tomorrow's entrepreneur? So I'd say the number one, uh, I have three major tips to recommend for anyone starting out. Number one is um, make sure that whatever you're creating is viable. And what that means is you need to have real customers, not your aunt, not your uncle, not somebody telling you that's a great idea. 
um, I hate to say this, but ideas are a dime a dozen. It really is about when you start to have at least 15 to 20 paying customers and you are listening to that feedback and consistently iterating in the design process of your service or product, that's when you know you've gained traction. The second thing I would say is um, make sure that you have financial stability. I have seen many entrepreneurs jump too soon off their nine to five to start something, not realizing that you are going to need so much more from a financial perspective when you do start things. Um, and I think that's where I really, um, I really am different than I think that most people say they're like, just quit your job. But the truth is you have bills to pay. You have things to figure out. So I would work nine to five at a job and then I tutor five to nine and I would work Saturday and Sundays. Um, three is embrace the hustle. Um, anyone that sees anyone, you know, I've been featured in entrepreneur magazine 10 years into my business, anyone reading or learning or hearing from these stories of people that are relaxing into the four hour work week have done their chops in thousands of hours in the dark nights of the soul, wondering if they should keep going. And I will tell you, embrace the hustle culture because it is part of the process as an entrepreneur. Um, and don't believe everything you see based on the cover of entrepreneurial magazines. Um, there is no question that entrepreneurship is one of the most hardest choices you will make. And at the same time, it is the most deepest spiritual journey you will ever experience of self-awareness. That is very wise, Neha. And those three tips really really condense everything that, you know, that we people do go through and make it very clear as to, you know, a better picture for tomorrow's entrepreneur. And I want to also, um, I know as entrepreneurship, you know, it's not always a rosy story. There are failures, you know, there are challenges that come your way. So how, what advice do you have for our listeners to help them combat those challenges, those failures in their life? Because that's very relatable to, you know, our careers. If you're seeking a brand new career transitioning, you're not going to succeed all the time or find your dream job right away. So what do you recommend and what do you suggest for our listeners to keep up our perseverance levels and keep up the motivation? I'm, I mean, maybe because I coach one of the hardest groups of people, which is teenagers, their middle name is usually procrastinate. So I'd say that one of the number one acts as an entrepreneur uh, or shortcut, as I believe in shortcuts, if you are able to do it the right way, my belief is, is that getting a coach that has been there, done that, or has helped businesses grow is extremely important. Um, so getting a coach that is helping with business, helping you to transition. There are coaches that exist to help people go from corporate to non-corporate. There's coaches that help you to build a vision, coaches to help you with a business plan. You will need a sounding board and it cannot be, it cannot be your friends that are working nine to fives. You're going to need also to surround yourself with entrepreneurs that just get it. Um, and you are going to have really hard days. Um, you know, and so my recommendation for those hard days is, is it's one thing that I have to tell myself even today, I now that I think about it would be advice I need to follow, which is Neha, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. Oh, let me say it the right way. Neha, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Um, I tend to want instant gratification or things done immediately, or I tend to lack patience a lot, even though I do work with kids and I have all the patience for them, but I have a, a, not a lot of patience for myself 
And so I'd say that is probably one of the biggest nuggets of advice I'll tell you. I never thought I'd wake up and 17 years later be doing the exact same thing, um, but doing it differently or or slicing and dicing my business in a very different way than when I started. Um, but I will tell you, it is definitely a marathon, not a sprint. This is not a entrepreneurship is not a get rich quick, you know, experience is not let's make your million in the next six months, like a lot of people will tell you, that is not realistic. Um, it really is about taking the steps that are needed um, and to grow into the person that you need to become in order to run the business at the size that you want it to be. So slow down and enjoy the ride. So true. Yeah, you got to, and it's a fun ride uh, when you're in it. And so, you know, actually in our last episode, we actually spoke to our speaker, um, Adia Roy, about side hustles. And we're saying like on social media, like TikTok, they show so many side hustles and so many people opening businesses and doing all this Amazon selling in the marketplaces, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of people and like Gen Z, Z sees this and says, oh, this is super easy. And, you know, obviously the reality is different, like you mentioned, right? So how do you feel like we should find a balance? Like how can today's generation and generations going forward find a balance between, you know, what they see on social media and like how do they go at their own pace and how do they measure their success? Because it seems like everyone around us has a side hustle or some type of side business. I mean, I'll be honest, even I've gotten in the last few years sucked into the side hustle business outside of my business. I um, I launched a geode resin art business. I launched a meal delivery company. Um, I have, you know, because what happens is over time when you're maintaining a business, it's not the same as the energy of starting something from scratch, um, which is pretty much, I will say, one of the most fun aspects of entrepreneurship is that very beginning part. Um, so I think it is definitely a challenge because um, there's this concept entrepreneurs talk about a lot called the shiny squirrel, where you're like, look over there and you're like, oh, I could just buy stuff off Walmart and then sell it on Amazon for X amount. And da 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 da. I've even like looked into, you know, I saw a TikTok video about like, if you have a great voice, you can do this on this website and make X amount reading audiobooks. And it's not that I even need the money. I think sometimes you watch these videos and they're so compelling and convincing. Um, but then if you like Google and you read about like, hey, what are the reviews based on XYZ? What is the actual reality around this? Um, you realize that you have to really do a lot of work to actually earn what they're actually saying. And they're talking about the top 1% of people that do that side hustle. So I think the shiny object syndrome is a major issue while you're an entrepreneur or even if you are becoming an entrepreneur. So really taking a step back and thinking through a business plan, how would it work? What are the numbers you want to get? Um, if you need help with that, you get an accountant, you get someone who's done this type of work. Because again, it is a long-term journey. You do not want to become an entrepreneur that is doing one business for one year, another business, another year, another business, another year. You, you can't succeed that way. It, it, it is a long game and it is something where you have to really, and, and I'm not going to say that at the beginning, you can't like shift or pivot. That's only when you're gaining traction from customers and you're getting feedback. That's how you start a business, not oh, I'm really bored of this. So let me move on to this instead. Um, or you go into business. You know, I went into the meal delivery company because I am I also went to culinary school for fun and I love to cook. And I'll tell you that I, um, you know, by the end of it, I was like, oh, the margins are horrible on food. 
I don't, I mean, now could I have sat down and I actually, I did, I did sit down with the, uh, with a restaurant owner and she literally said to me, she goes, you, if you want to go into this, this is physically labor and labor intensive, and you have to really be ready for this. And that advice was helpful. I think would have been even more helpful is to be like, Hey, based on the numbers and based on the cost of expenses of groceries, these are how razor thin your margins are and what you'd make in a day. That's very vital information is knowing your numbers and knowing everything involved. So I'd say that the side hustle culture is cool. It's great, but know your numbers and know the type of sales you have to make in order to make it before you just jump right into a new idea or a new concept. That, you know, knowing the numbers is essential and it's super key. And you know, a lot of us fear the numbers. A lot of us don't want to see them. A lot of us don't want to put the, it all together. But I think in the early stages, it is essential. Like you said, you need to be able to understand and see them and be like, is this viable or not? And so I, I, I love how diverse you are, Neha. Like you have so many hobbies and you've actually pursued them by going to school and like learning about things properly. I would love to know what your opinion is of like the statement where it goes, you know, if you're doing everything you're actually doing nothing um I know that we have a lot of interest these days but if we're so diversified is that actually hurting us or helping us so whenever you know when you're when you're a long-time entrepreneur if you ask someone like a question like so what do you do and if they're like well I do freelance writing I also do appointment setting and I do uh, I run this business where I sell jewelry and I immediately know that they're making less than five figures a year and the reason why you know that is because there is 24 hours in a day. And if you are spread across more than one thing as an entrepreneur, you are failing. It's just the truth. I have tried to do two things at once and it's virtually impossible unless I put another CEO into the second position to run that. So for example, right now I have my nonprofit I actually have a teenager who's the president of the board who is literally coming up with all the projects, opening the chapters. He is managing the entire nonprofit with me, but without him, I couldn't do it plus do college shortcuts at the same time. Managing a team, the accounting team, the operations, the client satisfaction, the sales, that in itself is more than a full-time job. It's actually, entrepreneurship is more than a 40-hour work week typically. So this viewpoint of let me just do a bunch of things is not true. I did the meal delivery service for one month and I was like, this is a distraction. That was cool. I did it, got it out of my system. I'm done. I'd wanted to do that idea for a very long time, but one month was enough for me to realize that that was exhausting. My art business, I do it on the side and it's fun. I did it for about six to eight months. I had my art opening. It was amazing and it's great. But then my priority shifted. I have other things to focus on. But in the end, my business is the main bread and butter. It is the number one thing that you have to laser focus on. And if you want to scale something, you better believe that you eat, breathe, sleep, and are obsessed with what you're working on. If you're doing more than one thing, you're typically failing at one or the other. I have never seen it happen. Look at Elon Musk right now trying to manage two things. He's about to get ousted. So you can tell that there's only so much energy and time that you can give towards something. And even if the top entrepreneurs can't do it, why do we think we can do multiple things? I just, I feel like keep certain things as hobbies and it's okay. Like leave it as fun and joy. It doesn't have to always all be a business. 
and I agree with you that way. You know, it's it, and that's also a good perspective that you've shown us that you know you can start something because you wanted to and you got it out of your system and you're ready to move on because you know it's just not gonna take over your bread and butter and not be there forever. You know, a lot of us sometimes um, when we start something new, we're really excited, and when it doesn't work out, we kind of feel like oh, we just failed. You know, it's that negative type of perspective we put on ourselves, and it doesn't help us. You know accelerate our lives you know it actually puts a damper on it so I really want to know as an entrepreneur the failure the word failure comes up so much but I want to know from your perspective the importance of failure or not or what or you think failure is actually not important like what is your opinion on failure as itself I think failure is is an opportunity you know you fail enough times you know it's it's just part of the journey um, as an entrepreneur, like I could look at my art business and say, it's a failure, but I can also look at myself and say, Neha, how many hours a week did you even focus in on that? Right? Like I remember I spent one week focusing on calling multiple boutiques in the city that said, Oh, we'd love to see your art. We'd love to have it in the stores. Um, and then I just didn't follow up or do anything with it. That's on me. Right? So I knew that I didn't have the, because I'm running called shortcuts and doing so many other things that are more effective in terms of time management, enjoyment, money, you know, trying new products out, services in my business. Um, I just didn't put the attention towards it. So someone could look at it and say, well, that's not an effective business. Yeah, you could be totally right. But for me, my view on failure is you learn from it. Like I know that if I don't put attention to something or it's not on my calendar, it's because I actually really don't care. And that's okay. Like Admit that to yourself and move forward. Failure, I've had failures in my own business. I mean, I started off as a tutoring company and then major companies came in that were huge and they literally killed the market. You know, we went from charging what we could, they come in, they're charging a fourth or half the price and boom, we were, you know, tutoring was out. It became, it went from being a, a more exclusive type of thing to now as like just hiring a handyman online. People didn't care. They're like, send me anybody that can do fifth grade math. I don't care who it is. So the, when the industry shifted like that, we also shifted, which is why we focused heavily on the college admissions consulting. Companies have tried to come in and, and mass produce their teams at, you know, thousands of coaches only to completely fail in my industry because it is impossible. It is such an artistic type of work. Um, when it comes to college admissions, it is very nuanced um, that it's very hard to run a company with thousands of consultants or even hundreds of consultants. So, you know, I would say that failure is how you want to look at it. Um, but, you know, you always look back at your life later on and say, like, where did I learn the most? Like, I didn't learn the most when I was high flying, hanging out you know, on the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine or speaking on a TEDx stage and, you know, being on the news all the time. I learned from the moments where I really, you know, I had to lick my wounds or, you know, the years that I lost and had to like re-identify myself or decide how I want my business to operate. And like, what is it that brings me joy in my life? Those come from failure. That doesn't come from hanging out, relaxing, eating a bunch of Chinese food, takeout and watching Netflix. Like you're not going to learn from that moment. You're going to learn from the stuff where you're sitting there and you're journaling and asking yourself, like, is this the right next step or not? 
So I think failure is the only way to experience those types of moments. Um, you know, and you have to have a, you know, as Angela Duckworth has written her book on grit, uh, which I highly recommend for everybody, grit is the ultimate indicator of how successful someone is. And grit also entails failing many times. Angela talks about how in her book, she was raised by a father who every day at dinner would ask, Angela, what did you fail at today? Tell me what you failed at and let's talk about it. So she normalized failure as an experience that she learned from. And I think that is one of the most important key aspects, whether you're in corporate or an entrepreneur that you need to normalize um, because it is part of life. Wow. That just saying that, what did you fail at today? Like having that as a dinner conversation. You know, typically we think about like, we only want to share the positives of the family. Like I excelled at this today and I got this award in class today or in my work, I achieved this X like um, metric, but to actually sit there and just be so present with your wounds and like with your failures is, is, is actually life-changing. That's a really interesting perspective. I'm definitely going to pick up that book and then listeners should definitely um, read it as well. I also, Neha, wanted to ask you, I know that a lot of our clients that come to Career Connect as well, you know, like some of the clients that come to College Shortcuts, they might be apprehensive about tutoring or coaching, thinking that, you know, I've already, I already know everything and like, I might not be the best at this, but like, why do I actually need tutoring and coaching? You know, like, why can't I just do it on my own? There's so many resources online. There's so much guidance available, YouTube videos. Like, why do I really need a tutor and coach today? Um, for you, what, what do you really want to share about the value behind it? Because I see the value, you see the value, but sometimes our listeners or our clients don't know it till they've gone through the program. So tell us and our listeners what you really feel is the value of tutoring and coaching. So I would say that, you know, from my perspective um, and from all the people that I've seen is that you don't know what you don't know. And so you can say you know everything, but you really don't. Um, there's actually no possible way that you can know everything about everything. There's too much information out there. Um, for my students, it's interesting. I work with students that are in the bottom 10% of their grade to students that are in the top 10% of their grade, vying for spots at the Ivies and top 25 schools to students that are looking at, you know, community college to regular college that are wanting to get guidance on one, finding their passion, figuring out how to create a plan around it, um, I've helped students launch businesses. I've had students launch businesses um, that make six figures and scale to seven figures. I've helped students, you know, figure out and test drive what their passion is. From what I've noticed, I think the difference between people that believe in coaching versus the ones that don't, it just depends on the speed at which you want your life to operate at and how fast you want to hit your goals. Um, people that are held accountable are typically the ones that um, live a very full life. Um, so from my perspective, I truly believe that coaching is very effective. I have students, for example, that, you know, I had one student recently who missed doing 21 assignments for homework, completely had given up on school. We tutored every day for three weeks. We got her GPA from a 2.6 to a 3.0 by the time the semester ended. She had more confidence. She felt more ready for school for the next semester. And she couldn't do that on her own. She was too, she had too much anxiety, depression, uh, stress that she couldn't do it. I have another kid who's a top 10 percenter, wants to go into medicine, rock star kid, now the president of my uh, nonprofit because he's just a go-getter. 
he's going to have the best resume and I am the fire underneath his wings because he is me, but younger. And I know that I want to get him from point A to point B faster, because if he has the right coach telling him what you got to do, this is what you're doing today. This is what we're going to focus on this month. This is your strategy plan for the next six months. Where have you implemented? Where have you not? This is the time. If you haven't done it, let's talk about why you have not done it. Um, I help students to develop products from scratch. I have a student who's building a horse treat line because she is one of the, I think she's number two in the nation for uh, equestrian and horseback riding. So I'm constantly working with students on building their businesses um, in different fields and businesses or helping them to test drive their passion. It's very easy to say, so I've got this idea and I'm thinking about doing it in like this. And also I have this other idea in this other field that I could do. And then six months later, it's the same broken record. I hear it all day long. So from my viewpoint, it really depends on, again, if you actually want to take action, number one. Number two, success leaves clues. Get coaching from someone who's been there, done that, so you can avoid the hundred thousands of dollars mistakes that entrepreneurs make because they don't know. Um, I've probably lost at least $100,000 in my journey of scaling, way more than that, in all the different mistakes that I have made uh, with inventory, services, packaging, pricing, payment plans, all the different mistakes you can make that anyone starting a business that I'm coaching or working with, they're going to know immediately, um, you know, what they're doing wrong because I'm very direct. So, you know, I think it's very important to get a coach for tutoring, mentorship, you know, figuring out where you want to go to college is a huge decision. It's a huge investment. So working through that, also figuring out how to brand yourself as a personal brand, which is what I do for teenagers, um, is helping them to build their websites, making them look a certain way, feel a certain way, building their confidence, their public speaking skills, how to sell yourself, market yourself. These are all skills you need to learn. And if you haven't gone to school for it, or if you don't have somebody, education is lifelong. You don't just stop when you're done with college. You have to keep learning. And coaches who have been there can help you to do that in a very fast way. So I'm a big yeah. proponent of coaching. You are so, you are so right. I took the words right out of my mouth. It's absolutely true that you have to, you know, be able to admit where you're not perfect and be able to say, you know, someone probably knows better than me and they can save me so much time and money and effort to avoid all these mistakes along the way that I could possibly make. And just to be guided by educated and smart and expert people who are coaches and, and learn from them is just priceless in my opinion. And so, you know, turning to someone to get coaching is actually an asset. It is, um, the best thing that you could do to add to your, you know, lifestyle um, to help you excel in any part of your life. And it's not accepting failure, it's accepting that you want to thrive, you know, and that you have ambitions and you have goals you want to meet and you want to get there faster and better and be more efficient. And so I'm all over this. I'm just like you, I'm very passionate about um, tutoring, coaching, you know, supporting, mentoring, all of that. So before we close our show, Neha, I definitely want to ask you one of our like most common questions we always ask our guests is that in your experience, in your life journey, who has been one connection for you that has been um, inspiring and life-changing for you? Wow, that's a hard question um, because I think that as an entrepreneur, it's multiple people as you go through your journey. I would say, hmm, who has been one of the most important people through my journey. I mean, I have to say my mom, because my mom and dad were both entrepreneurs. Um, they started their company out of their garage and scaled it very large. 
it's interesting. My mom actually gave advice, not just to me, but to another entrepreneur that's a very good friend of mine who runs a very successful company. And one of the things that my mom has always said is keep your business simple. And that was, it's, it's, so, it's such a simple thing to say, but it is very easy to be like, we do this and this and this product. Oh, we're going to launch this too. And that, and you go all over the place when you realize that you could actually look at your numbers and realize there's probably one service or one thing you're doing that makes 80% of the revenue and that you're wasting all your time on the 20%. Um, so I'd say my mom, you know, she's older than me. She has, uh, she's a seasoned entrepreneur. She's been an entrepreneur year after year for over 40 years. And so whenever I have these like come to Jesus moments for myself, I usually go to her on business advice and her advice is usually pretty solid. She's gone through ups and downs in business. She's gone through businesses that got completely shut down at times. Um, so I would say that, you know, my mom has been a major uh, factor in my psychological well-being as an entrepreneur, but also the advice that she gives me through her own life experience. So my mom would be the person that I'd say is number one. And I've had multiple business coaches and I've had other things. I'd also say that uh, another big proponent for me has been joining entrepreneur organization, EO. I'm a big believer of having a full network of people to rely on, to be in a forum and a group of people to be able to spill your guts to about what's really going on with you as an entrepreneur. So my mom is number one, but I'd say the second part is, is being part of a network or a group that can support you that understand who you are and what you're going through. And I will say that EO has accelerator programs for people starting their businesses and um, that have scaled to certain numbers that want to get to a seven figure mark. Um, so from my viewpoint, I think, I think it's, it's really twofold for me having both in my life has really saved me at times that I really thought I was going to stop or give up. I love this advice. It is so true that it doesn't have to just be one person, although one can be very pivotal. Like for you, it was your mom. For me, it's my mom as well. Um, it's like the first person you see when you're born and, you know, you grow up with them and they teach you so much every step of the way. But um, it's true beyond just, you know, familial or friends or your own network. It's other bigger networks that are around you that can also be so pivotal in your life. Thank you so much, Neha, for joining us today for this conversation. It's been such a pleasure having you. Um, and you have so much knowledge to share. And I can only say thank you so much for taking the time out today to share your knowledge with our listeners. Um, this conversation has been so enlightening. And for all the entrepreneurs out there, I'm sure they are eager to like reach out to you. So before we go, if, there, if anyone wanted to connect with you, Neha, what would be the best way for them to do so? Yeah, best way to connect is actually to find me on my website at uh, collegeshortcuts.com. Um, that's one place. Also, my second website, Hey Neha, which is H-E-Y-N-E-H-A.com. Uh, both of those have contact forms um, that you can fill out, and I'd be more than happy to have a conversation and see how I can best help your listeners. Thank you so much again for your time. Uh, this concludes our conversation today with Neha Gupta on the One Connection podcast. Thank you to, for tuning in all our listeners. And remember, it only takes one connection to change your story. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next time.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.